Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The award-winning crunch time. A couple of steps in from the boundary. Green's on the runway through the 50. Thumps it at goal. Beautiful. Immense skill. Centering ball. Bolton gets going. Can he from 48? My word, he can. Jay Bolton breaks the deadlock. Jeremy Cameron flew from the side, couldn't haul it in. Cleverly towed out by Cornelio and Kelly from the pockets. Cornelio's touch was devilish. Soldo, lovely tap, forward of the play for Revolt, who kicks it from the top of the square. That is a piece of art from Soldo in the ruck. That's dusty to take oh, the kick. It's probably in the wrong hands. Out he goes, and in it goes. He's kicked his second, he runs around. That's a crucial one, and the Tiger fans that are there, they're loving it. Cornelio clean out of the stoppage, hand pass to Whitfield, dangerous to full forward. Himmelberg in the van, Toby Green! He kicks his fifth. So Leon Cameron can take a seat and a little drink. He'll probably have a stiff drink a bit later on. There was a lot riding on this tonight for the Giants. A searching week internally, and they have the win they so desperately needed. And they've done it on the back of five goals from Toby Green. They take down their grand final tormentor. To beat Richmond any time is you know, a really good win. Um, our tackle count was better. We sort of hunted after the opposition a bit better. You know, really pleased with that. But um, yeah, it's great to you know, you know, beat Richmond any time because they're such a good team. And, now, it was good to, to win it win at home again because we know we're probably on the, you know, we're on the road for the next at least four or five weeks. It was the win they had to have. The Giants respond to the challenges within and without. But did they solve any of their bigger issues? We'll dissect a fascinating Friday night. In terms of the AFL, that is the least of my considerations. Now, I would hope that AFL could be played here later in the year. Certainly an agreement and an understanding we'll have some games in Cairns. That'll be an 
sort of tranche of games, but it hasn't worked out what teams. Alison was actually talking about uh, prior opportunity. What we've tightened up is just the uh, the genuine attempt. Still don't know, I suppose, what to expect when someone's tackled with the ball. You sort of, I suppose, you know, they've got to prepare for the worst and expect that it's going to be holding the ball decision because that's what it seems to be happening these days. Go and be a, and I told you so guy, but it, it's exactly what's happening. You know, I knew at the time that it was going to be history repeating itself. The practice games that we've had where it has been 16 aside, you had two less on the ground. The idea that there would be more free-flowing, more scoring, more enjoyment for the fans. As we enter a footy frenzy, the likes of which we have never seen before, the debate is equally hypercharged on every front, it would seem, both for the here and now and for the future of the game. We'll hit the big issues on crunch time for Cleanaway, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's. Never miss a goal with McDelivery. The Dogs over the Suns, the Giants over the Tigers. It is a critical juncture in the season to keep in touch with the Peloton. So there's a few teams who face that task across the remainder of round eight before we start to play every night. Jared Waitley with you on Crunch Time. Well, Luke Hodges living the life. In simpler times, he used to be able to travel across borders to see the footy, and there he was last night in Sydney watching the Giants and the Tigers firsthand. Luke, good morning. Good morning, Jared. Yes, I, uh, I was lucky enough to um, to have a quick little flight down down to Sydney, but mind you, it's a little bit colder down there than was it uh, <laughs> that, that it is in Queensland. But um, look, I was wrapped to be down there to watch two uh, two really strong teams. Yet, although uh, GWS have had a few injuries and haven't been uh, at the top of their game so far this year, but at the game with with Dusty at one end, with Toby Green at the other, uh, it was a really good atmosphere. Five goals for Toby Green was the banner act, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think when you have a look at... When people kick four or five, sometimes they get little cheapies in the goal square. Uh, I think he had three from 45, 50 metres out. The one that he did get in the goal square, he, he pushed his opponent off it, crumbed the goal and kicked it, and then he had that one from the snap where he had a contested mark. So any time he went round the ball, he, he just looked dangerous. But then you flip over the other side and, and you got Dusty who picks the ball up, cuts inside, balks people, kicks two crucial goals in the third quarter to get them right back into it. So it was, it was um, yeah, it was really good to watch two of the, the smaller guns play. It's actually afternoon, but old habits die hard. <laughs> Andy Ma, hello to you. It is, Jared. Indeed it is. G'day to you. G'day to you, Hodgie. We'll say g'day to Sam in a moment, everybody else. Well, there's a lot to talk about last night. You know, Green is the one that everybody's talking about, obviously. When Cali Caniglio, Caniglio, Whitfield and Green are your four best players. You should win, and you should win relatively comfortably against most. Richmond are a hard side to beat. We all know that. There's something about the way the Giants are playing that doesn't allow them to maximise the dominance of their best players. I'm not, not sure whether it's just an inability of maybe Cameron and Finlayson and Himmelberg to be the best they can be as a collective. I'm not sure what it is. There's something kind of confusing about the way they're not maximising the, the amount of footy they're getting, particularly their better players. Um, so that's a fascination. I'll wait for the smarter people who have got better footy brains than me to kind of analyse that from uh, across the weekend. The other one is you touched on it. I think 12 points at the end of this round, if you're on that and you've got a percentage under 100, you're starting to slide away. Not out of it, but stringing multiple wins together is very difficult this year. So to that end, Carlton, Melbourne, Hawthorne, Fremantle, Sydney, North... Massive weekend for those six teams.
So Carlton North is the first to go. There's rain falling at the Gabba and the covers are on, so I don't like our chances of being out there for the start of play no, no. on the pictures <laughs> that we just saw. <laughs> Sam Edmund, there's a story brewing there. It's nice to have you back on Crunch Time. Good afternoon to you, Jared. G'day, Andy, Sammy. and g'day to you, Luke, up there in Queensland, where it is. You're right, raining heavily the last 24 hours, which might not be a bad thing if you're going to take a glass half full look at what's happened at Carlton, which, to be honest, they've had a disastrous last couple of days on the personnel front. So first of all, Harry Mackay can't train with the main group on Thursday. There was a delay with his COVID test coming back, which most importantly came back negative. As David Teague told us on Thursday, Harry Mackay was sent back to the hotel and trained by himself. It was in that training session where he's hyperextended his knee. There were reports of a hamstring injury, rumours lingering throughout the week. But it's a hyperextended knee, and he's a late withdrawal from this side. And Callum Moore, who we remember mm. from the Richmond days, has come in. So a disastrous few days for Harry Mackay, couldn't train. Then he did by himself, and now he's hurt himself, and he's out of the side. There are moments where he's given glimpses of the future, being the now in in recent weeks. Yeah, he was. He struggled at Richmond with a couple in front of him. So that that was that was you know you got, you got to put that on on the record for, from Moore's perspective. Since he's been at Carlton, those who have been following the level beneath, they cannot sing the praises high enough. He's been a fantastic influence around the group, and his form in the scratch matches they've been playing has warranted selection in and of itself. So he's needed an opportunity. It's presented. Maybe doesn't get the greatest day for a 196, 7-centimetre forward to debut in for his new club, but it's a great opportunity for him. Not great timing for Harry, who's no. starting to thread it together. Well, that's the, that, that's the reality. I mean, he looks like a player who's ready to take it to the level that we've been. a lot of people have been waiting for him to yep. get it to. So it's a setback, hopefully not a... Long-term one for his sake. Uh, that stops us getting the dream matchup: Ben Mackay, Harry Mackay, the brothers out of the goal square. I was looking forward to that, Jared. Yes, that is a that is a pity. There are always beautiful moments when we're that searching happens for, in the game. We were searching early in the week for twin on twin, not twin v twin, because we know that's happened. But twin playing on twin, and there was every chance that the Mackays would have played on one another this week had it come to pass. Well, it's oh, not it going to. Near a certainty. Ben did yeah. such a great job on Tommy Lynch. Mm. He would have, Harry's always the bear out of the square. Would have been would have been a good scenario. That is a pity. Jacob Hopper is going to join us. There's a lot kicking around in footy to uh, to hit the big issues as we go through this crunch time edition. Let's get into last night. So on Andy's point, uh, Hodgie, do you think they solved any of their long-term issues, their, their mechanics, if you like, is last night they built as a test of character. They absolutely mm. passed that. Is Did they resolve any of their issues, do you think? Uh, I think I agree with Andy, Febber, with how much they dominated the ball. I think they had, what, 50 more touches. Yep. Their contested possession was up. The marks inside 50. Their clearances, even though they didn't win the hitouts, was up as well. Their tackles. So you look through all those possessions, and they should have dominated the game. But the only thing is, when you go on from having 32 inside 50s, and you could sort of see early in the game, they had that kick mark owned the possession, which sort of took away Richmond's zip and, and defensive pressure. But the only thing is, once they got it centre-forward, they were reluctant to kick it inside Ford 50 because they were almost playing a spare v spare. Um, so they were trying to be pinpoint too much and then they'll turn the ball over and give Richmond a chance to, to rebound from, from centre-half back. So I think Andy's spot on. For, for how much they it felt like dominated the ball early, they just didn't get enough didn't get enough scoreboard pressure. And then it was a flip side for Richmond. <laughs> Richmond dominated the second quarter and, and kicked points. The one thing they... So we spoke with Mark McVeigh in the lead-up last night and he gave a tremendous insight. He basically said the week had been handed over to the players. It, it, 
the the onus was put on them, and there are a couple of issues to deal with. One was teamsmanship. So they went back through the past three weeks and showed examples where they weren't doing first give. They weren't bringing others into the game. They weren't putting teammates into better positions. And then they went back to what it looked like when they were playing their best footy at the end of last year in the finals and how they were caring and sharing and sacrificing and that that sense of unity. So the, the hint on the outside was exactly what they had identified on the inside. And Luke, I'm interested in those moments. You become extremely accountable to each other, I would imagine, when you lay all that on the table internally during the week. Yeah, you do, especially when a former teammate comes out and, uh, and says it in the media because it makes everyone sort of stand back. And there's no doubt, I reckon, if Delito didn't say those comments, that it would have been a player-driven week because uh, things would have flowed on. They would have been saying, we'll, we'll turn, uh, we'll keep working hard. But as soon as you get hit up about your, your selfish attitudes on the field and you're playing as individuals compared to a team, they knew they were coming up against Richmond, who were a fantastic team. It doesn't matter who they got on the field. Uh, but there was, so, there was a few... Uh, clear signs for me early that they that they were focusing the team first. I think Kelly had the ball about 45-50 out. We all know how beautiful of a kick Kelly is. Uh, and he put it to the top of the goal square. Uh, we had Hoppers coming on because he, he himself had an opportunity running inside Ford 50 to have a shot. And it was in his rights to have the shot. Uh, put it to the top of the goal square. So all of a sudden you see a former teammate have a little bit of a, of a shot at him, whether he meant to or not, uh, with his comments. But then you could tell that the whole team had changed. And they'd turn around and go, hang on, maybe Lids is right. Maybe we are being a little bit selfish. We're playing. When, when the games gets tough, we're, we're doing our own thing. And I think that was clear last night that they had a total change of their mindset. Hodgie, you want you want perfect ball going inside 50. I, I understand that. In a perfect world, you're playing the game on a, on a you know Xbox. That's what you want. You want it laid out, you know, lace out. You know, ball go in, hit a forward on, on, on the chest. This is a forward line predominantly built on marking players. They, they, they like to, to get their opposition one out, and they like to outmark their opposition players. Can you change a bit of that? Can, can they... Can they do something a little different just to get the footy in there a bit more often? Have they got the personnel that might be able to just make a bit more of, you know, some scrappier ball going inside 50? Well, a lot of, a lot of teams do plan for having their three tools down there, Finlayson, Himmelberg and Cameron. When you've got a bloke like Toby Green, who's more than capable, as we saw last night, as to beating most opponents who are on him one-on-one, mm. why wouldn't you throw him deep? Play the other guys up the field because we know that all three of those guys are big, booming kicks. If they're leading up, taking contested marks on the wing, and then they're rolling, getting inside Ford 50 quick, it's a 1v1 with Green. So they do have that option and that the flexibility of those taller guys to play them a little bit higher. Um, but I guess at this stage, that they are drilled into that con- uh, uncontested kick mark, kick mark, and then try to get it to Cameron because it's worked so well for him in the past. But I think the way the, the game's changing uh, and how intense everyone is defensively, push him up a bit higher and have grass behind you, if anything, because then at least that way, if you're kicking it to grass inside Ford 50, you've got all your blokes squeezing in and the opposition have to get through 18 of your guys. And the best part is the ball's stuck in your forward line. You'll get stoppage opportunities, which they're not getting at the moment. When, you, when you're going in 32 times, and I think they scored 17 of them, so their strike rate's pretty good. But mm. you've got teams like Port, Gold Coast and Brisbane who are averaging upwards of 50 inside 50s. It's a massive pressure on their forward line, but also the the, the, the defence. This is the thing. They haven't won the inside 50 count once this year. Once. In fact, they've been belted in a lot of their games. They went down by 22 against the Lions and, and they've had, what what is it, 14 less last night. 
and they've scored more than 50% of the time they've gone in there. So if it wasn't for the efficiency, is it sustainable is the question you ask, I guess, going yeah, Well, they, they have to get more ball inside 50, Luke, and that's the mechanics of their game. As there was that period from the, about the last five minutes of the first quarter through the first 18 minutes of the second quarter where it must have been about mm. 17 or 18 inside 50s in a row mm. to Richmond. Yeah. They were legitimately lucky to be in the game still at that stage. Without a doubt, and you could tell that there. Uh, Richmond were back to their style, and you could sort of see the, the GWS guys. They they went back into their shell, and they were missing kicks. Uh, it's little simple ones, which I think Leon said after the game, that their ball use uh, got himself in trouble at times, and they were just fortunate that, that Richmond didn't hit the scoreboard. Um, that, what, I think it was 3-9, so very inaccurate in the first half. But I think that's also another thing that we've seen this year, that teams that haven't been able to put other sides away in the first half due to their kicking, it gives them a chance to come back, and that's what GWS did in the, in the second half. And yet, the, you said this at the start in your intro, the, it, it was a must-win game, and it wasn't it was an exploration of their character as much as their mechanics, and they did get it. And I know Richmond's got plenty out and all of that, but they still play well enough, Richmond, to beat a lot of teams. So... There's a massive tick on Huge all of that. Tick. Massive tick on that and, from the And Giants a portion of the draw that might give them the chance to sort their mechanics out mm. over the next stretch. Yes, they are going to be on the road. They play a lesser level of op- opponent than they've been coming up against in recent weeks. That's why it, four and the difference between four and four and three and hang five on, hang on, was Jared. enormous. Jared, don't, don't you pick on Gold Coast. Gold <laughs> no. Coast have been unbelievable this year. Don't think it's not the Gold Coast that you thought in the past. They're, they're a new team. They've got a, <laughs> ener- they've got a different energy that I haven't seen for two years. So don't think Gold Coast is just a walkover. No, no, but I'd take Suns, <laughs> Essendon, Sydney over Brisbane, Richmond, Port Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. I'd so, have to agree with that one. <laughs> so it's it's on them to resolve. I, I do want to spend a bit of time on Toby Green because he does have nights where he ends up as the centre of the conversation and this for all the right reasons. So I think it's well acknowledged that he's the best medium forward in the game. But his... Hang on, we said Petraka was. No, I'm not having that. As Toby Green is the best medium <laughs> forward in the game. As I know Petraga was better than Dusty last week, but I'm he not was. really having that either. <laughs> it's, and, it's amazing how it changes from week to week. Yeah. <laughs> but his, his influence on his team, so his leadership qualities, and so we were calling last night, and Hutto mentioned it in the first quarter. I mean, he is the leader in everything bar the title of captain in the way that, that he seems to galvanise that team. What do you see there, Hodgie? Uh, I think what you what you look at on field is just how calm and composed he is. He doesn't get flustered, and I think I think BT asked me last night that he was surprised when he caught that whack in the head and then goes back and kicks a fifty meter goal. Mm. Why he didn't get up and and fight? Because that's not what he's about. People look at Toby Green and think, oh, he just wants to fight. He just wants to get people. He antagonises opposition to try and get a reaction out of him, to try and put him off the game. It's it's pretty calculated in the way he goes about it. If someone goes after him and hits him, he'll laugh. Uh, he'll carry on with his game. If you go and get his teammate, he'll react and go and get you. Um, so th- there's a bit of method to the way he goes about. And as you said, if he's not annoying the opposition, he's getting the ball, kicking goals. And I just love his composure on the footy field. And it showed last night that if, if it wasn't for him and how accurate it was in, in front of goal, they, they would have had another close loss. Who does he remind us of? I mean, he's he's 182 centimetres and, and powerful. So he's, a, he's, a, he's strong and, and, he's, and he's rangy when he does stretch and get the hands above the head. But he is only 182. Does he remind us of anyone? I'm, I'm trying to... There's always someone who someone is a bit of a replica of, but he he feels like a very unique player. Not many like him before, certainly not many around now who play like him. He's a very hard player to categorise, 
obviously a very hard play to find an appropriate matchup for. Off the top of your head, would a I know it's a long shot. Would, would a Moorcroft, someone who's really a small half forward, can jump, take a mark? Because um, when you're on with Toby, I know Toby's probably a bit stronger than him, but he's someone who you always, if if there was an opportunity to fly and take that grab, which Toby took three or four contested marks last night and backed himself in the air as well. Whenever I think of strong, powerful, medium forwards, I always come back to Mark Rashudo, which is a bit massive praise. I yeah, know, but yeah. Rashudo out of the goal square, half forward, he was a wrecking ball of a player. Hodgie, why don't they? It's not bad. It's not bad. Why don't they do what you suggested they might think about doing? Why don't you see him sort of? And I know opposition teams play a role in not allowing this to happen, but why don't they do a bit more of that? Clear out that as much of the fifty as you can, and, and let him go to work on his own deep. Oh, because I think a lot of the times that you, your system, obviously the um, giant systems worked in the past. So it's worked, it's got them to prelims, it's got them to grand finals. Um, this has been a tricky year. So I think a lot of the coaches don't just want to change everything because it hasn't worked for a couple for a couple of weeks. Uh, they want to stick to it and they want to make sure that what they've done uh, gives them the best opportunity. And that's how the players like to feel as well. They've obviously changed the mindset and given players... The, the role this week of planning out the week and, and then focus on what they want to want to focus on, but it's been a three-way, a three-tall system for them for a long time, which which has worked. But as you said, if they, they keep only getting 32 inside 50s yeah. compared to the opposition getting 50, then they've got to try something because, as you said, when they've got big games to win, you can't expect your forwards to be accurate and kicking. 50% of the time you're getting inside Ford 50 because defences are just too good these days. There were signs of life, though, weren't there, Jared? There was a flicker in the flame. Kelly was better. Cornelio was better. Green, obviously, the master class. It's not the orange tsunami. It's more like the Shorey down at Garnamatta at the yes. moment. But but, it, but it's coming at the moment. There are at least some positive signs, and the numbers aren't pretty from a you know, time and forward half perspective. But yeah. there was some light at the end of the tunnel. I they I should be really pleased out of last night and then get to see what it measures into next. Has Toby even got the rub of the green last night? Yeah. He yeah. got a few, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he did. He did. And he probably deserves it. I mean, more often than not. I mean, he's look, he does silly things every now and again. We know that. But, I mean, he played the footy. He was, he was not worried about anything other than getting a result last night. He was – and you could see it early. There were signs – you mentioned, you know, the flicker in the flame – there were signs of clear signs of intent last night with the Giants. They, they looked sharper and a bit more engaged, and maybe that was a result of what they did during the week. You know, lent on one another a bit more, and were really conscious of you know of, of that on that obvious on field connection, communication wise and playing wise. But they had a look about them early last night that 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 was ultimately kind of you know manifested in the result. Bart's with us in Donvale on Toby Green. Bart, welcome to Crunch Time. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Sorry about the stuff up before, but anyway. Um, I'm just thinking, of, I love you commentators, how you all get excited about the game before. Um, Toby Green's a wonderful player, so I don't, I'm not going to have bag him because he's a great player, but he kicks clutch goals. Does anybody remember last year's grand final of kicks he missed? I think if we judged uh, every Giants player on their grand final performance alone, we would go there a bunch of duds. Mm. But I, I'm not sure that that constitutes... In fact, I'm certain that doesn't constitute his body of work. Um, and the couple of times this season he's really got to work against Collingwood and Richmond in their two most important games, their two must-win games, is he's been the central figure of it. Uh yeah, I think that I, th- I think I think that as well as 
that, that was the first time he was on the big stage grand final day and nerves probably could have got the better of him. Um, but what I've seen since that is whenever there's a big occasion, as you just said then, against Richmond, against Collingwood, he's been the man to stand up, not worried about pushing, shoving, fighting. He's been worried about getting the ball, kicking goals and helping his team win. So I think the big thing is, is it looks like he's maturing and he's, he's understanding his place in that side more than ever right now. On the contrary to Bart's point, I mean, everything about Toby Green screams cometh the moment, cometh. That, that's his, that's the Toby Green MO. Um, mm. He'll get his chance, hopefully, for his sake, he'll get his chance to right that wrong. Richmond are in a phase where they're just trying to keep it together. They need their reinforcements. Mm, uh, there was, I think there was a lot in it for them last night. This was Damien Hardwick in the aftermath. Look, I thought our system held up well. You know, I thought we, like you said, we had periods of complete dominance and, yeah, we just failed to, to execute on the scoreboard. Um, that's the reality of AFL footy at stages. If you don't take your chances, the opposition will. Like, I think there was a period in the third quarter where complete dominance, or it might have been just before half-time, actually. And I think we had 12 inside 50s to one and they go back and score, score a goal. So probably reflected the game, really. I thought we were... I thought we were pretty good throughout the night. We probably lacked a bit of polish inside 50, which, you know, once again, you... Yeah, you've got some growth players coming in that are going to get better for the run as well. So, yeah, we took some some positives out of it. We would have loved to have won the game, but, you know, GWS too good tonight. We still want those guys that we brought in the side to, to grow into the roles, and, and we think they will. They'll learn a lot from it. Um, you know, those guys that uh, are out of the side at the moment will be back at some stage, but they're not going to be back in a hurry. So from our point of view, it'll all be about what we can do and what we can get better at. What we can say is our, our system held up. You know, time in forward half... A heap more inside 50s, forward halftime. The, the game itself looked like a Richmond game. We just didn't execute to the level that we normally would. Um, a lot of that can be put down to, to inexperience, but the vast majority can put down to execution. We've got to get better. So they've got a really tough stretch while they don't have their key players. Bulldogs, Brisbane, Port Adelaide and the Suns. Uh, Luke, they've just got to hold it together, maybe split those games and stay, stay somewhere in the eight. Yeah, I think uh, Dimmel was right with that. If they get their efficiency going forward better than what was, they could have shut uh, GWS down last night. I think that second quarter he was talking about, they had 14 inside 50s to five, and GWS won the quarter. Um, Richmond were all over him, so that's you could sort of see that he was pretty worked up uh, as he was going down at halftime because he, he realised that he they missed a, a lot of opportunities and he kept GWS in the, in the game. Lynch and Revolt, they're still pretty important, aren't they? You know, and if they, they were poor, they were poor. They were quiet last night. Jack had moments where he sort of he was willing himself to get into the game, but the numbers weren't there for them last night. And, they, and, and Tom Lynch, Tom Lynch has these games where credit the opposition, you have to do that, but he has these games where he doesn't impose himself at all. He doesn't. He looks. He's a he's a bystander. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Not, not, not all the time, not often. But he has them every now and again. It was one of those last night. You're willing, just needed two or three big Tom Lynch moments, and it might have been a different outcome for Richmond. But 
he really struggled to get himself into the game last night. Andy Maher, Sam Edmonds, Luke Hodge, Jared Waitley with you on Crunch Time. Jacob, Jacob Hopper will join us briefly next, and then we'll get stuck into the key issues in the game. Uh, as we enter round eight in the footy frenzy that's coming, you're listening to Crunch Time for Clean Away. Up your disposal efficiency with Clean Away. In the aftermath of Friday night footy with the Giants beat Richmond, you're listening to Crunch Time for Clean Away, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's. Never miss a goal with McDelivery. Four and four, the Giants. It was critical from the maths. It was critical in every perspective on the ladder for 40 Winks. Your bed should be your biggest supporter. Find yours at 40 Winks. Jacob Hopper played a key role in it. It's the grunts around the ball. Jacob, welcome to Crunch Time. Congratulations. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. We got an insight in the pregame from Mark McVeigh on just what an important week it had been and the players had taken a lot of responsibility. Just give us an insight into what the build-up was like and whether you delivered against what you'd uh, what you'd held yourselves to. Yeah, I think it's just that recognition that we're not living kind of, you know, up to the expectations that we put on ourselves and, and performing at the level that we want to. So um, the response has to come from within the playing group and I think that's what we we try to do and, and really demand um, better from each other and, and try and play some footy that we're, we're proud of and we know we're capable of. And was part of that in what Brett Delidio had described as not working for each other to the extent that you, you would expect to? Yeah, I think Lids had some good points. I think it was, yeah, more just about um, digging in and, 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 and trying to play some good honest football when, when momentum was against us or, or recognising when we're not playing the footy that we want to and trying to stem and lessen the bleeding when we can, when opposition are, are coming and coming hard at us. Yeah, Jake, it's Luke Hodge here, mate. Well done last night. Uh, talking off uh, Lids's comments, there was so many things, so many times in the first quarter, I think Kelly had a couple, yourself had a chance running into open goal. It seemed like a clear focus to put it at the top of the goal square to have that selfless mindset that, that Lids mentioned throughout the week. Yeah, I don't think it's it's never intentional. I think I think we've got a a good brand of of playing for each other, and and we've got some real care for each other. I think it's just recognizing that the game at the minute is is higher in pressure than I think it ever has before. So when there's opportunities to bring in ch- each other into the game and and try and do it as quickly and efficiently as possible, then we want to take those opportunities and and just trying to see those opportunities more often. I think was a focus going into the game. And your skipper, uh, Stephen Canilio, uh, I think early in the year, a few people thought were pretty harsh on him, but his last two weeks, especially last night, at times he was man up on Dusty at stoppages. I thought he was real pivotal for you uh, throughout the middle of, of the ground. Yeah, yeah, Cogs is huge. And, and as you said, you know, you know his, his last two weeks have been immense and he's our skip and, and we love him as our as our leader now and, and we've got to fully get behind him and support him. And um, I think he would have probably been the, the first guy to put his hand up and say that, he wasn't performing at the level he wanted to, but um, yeah, he's really dug in the last couple of weeks and, and we're, we're trying to get behind him as much as possible. Jake, Mandy, Ma, well done last night. Cru- crucial win for the footy team and, and, you, and you got the result. We sit here and, and look at the numbers and try and make sense of them all and you know, we focus in on your team's inside 50 count through the season. How do you internally analyse those numbers? Yeah, there's obviously a lot of numbers and... What not? I'm, I'm more of a man that just loves to get out there and, yeah. and play. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you do have to look at some numbers and try and see where the game is heading, especially now in, in a kind of shorter format. And 
yeah, obviously we've recognised that we're probably not getting the ball in, in there enough and not keeping it in there enough. So their focus is for us, you know, to try and give our forwards more of an opportunity. And then when we get it down there, trying to keep it down there and, and put as much pressure on as we can. Is that, tell me if I'm wrong, but is that because you want to give your forwards the you know as close to the perfect ball in as you possibly can? Yeah, I think it's probably, you kind of, I think when you strive for that perfection, it footy's never like that. So I think you've got to play the percentages and, and realising that the game at the minute is about keeping it in your forward half more so than ever. So um, we've got to do everything we can, whether that's our system, our method, or just our mindset, but making sure that when we get it down there, we keep it down there and give ourselves every opportunity. Tim Taranto, Rod Shotgun with you in that midfield, Jacob. Back in the side the last fortnight, how important is he to the balance of your setup? Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's great having him back. I think last year, Timmy and I really wanted to um, step up and take some responsibility, and um, having him back now is, is huge. It's, it's. Um, I think it's just good for the morale of the group as well to have another soldier back, and, and I'd love having him back in there and just getting to work. And there's always a lot of intrigue about your ruck set up, and um, Mummy's been so good for so long, but you went and got Sam Jacobs over the off-season. He comes in, he gets dropped, he comes back in again last night. Are you still, do you feel trying to find the right mix when it comes to your ruckman or will it be horses for courses right throughout the year? Yeah, I think it's just a bit of... Um, I think they'll both admit that they, they, they're probably looking to share the load a bit. And I think, you know, we know what Shane, the big fella, gives us each week. He's, he's pretty brutal. And then we know what we're going to get with him, particularly at ground level and that support around the ball. And then Source offers something probably um, entirely different as well. So I think it's just about... Um, looking what we want and I think it's great great having the big saucy back and, and firing because we know that when he's up and going he's, he's one of the better rucks in the competition Jacob don't give me yeah he's one of the best I've ever played with I want to I want you to rank him for me of all the players you've played with in all the levels of footy you've played with where does Toby where does Toby Green sit Toby yeah look he's um, he's right up there I think he'd be he'd be top top three five for sure I think um He's a special player, especially when he's up and going. And he's one of those guys that I think I'd love to play against him. I've told him that for sure because I try and run through him every chance I get. But <laughs> it's great, it's great having him on um, on our team. That's for sure. And and um, you know he's a super player and he was firing last night. That's for sure. What's he worth to the team? Oh, I think it's hard to kind of put it to words, but I think mm. he's just that. Um, obviously, he's a influence offensively around the ball and he can do some special things but I think it's just having that presence and that, that someone with that mindset who's just got that killer instinct is um is huge and you love playing with those guys because you know they're going to give give their everything to the cause and you know that's what Tobe does regardless of whether or not he's kicking goals he, he gives everything to the cause and, and I think personally I think that's what footy's all about it's just doing absolutely everything you can to make sure you win games of footy and, and Tub does that week in, week out. Jacob, it's another year for GWS and another high-profile player out of contract, but given that the contracts are, have been thought out, so to speak, and they can be signed, Zach Williams is a subject of, of a lot of interest from rival clubs, and I know the coach is confident he will stay and, and recommit. Is it the same for the players? Yeah, absolutely. I think it seems to just be a bit of a rolling rolling through each year there always seems to be someone but um uh no we we love Zachy and and we have full faith that he's 
he's going to be here at the club long term and he's such a great character and another Riverina boy, so I'd be keen to keep him at the club, that's for sure, and I know he loves it. Are you braced for what comes next? Bit of in and out of Queensland and then over to a, a hub in Perth. Yeah, it's probably our turn, isn't it? I think we've had it pretty good just staying put in, in Sydney town. But, um, yeah, it is what it is, I think. Everyone's having to go through their different challenges at the minute and it's our turn to probably get in the hub and, and see how we go. But we're looking forward to it. and um, It'll be exciting. It'll be different. But, yeah, looking forward to it nonetheless. Good luck with it. Good to chat. Well done. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having us. Jacob, Jacob Hopper out of the Giants. He said killer instinct then. He said of Toby Green, killer instinct. And that can be a throwaway line. That can be one of those things that just rolls in and rolls out without much thought. Hodgie, you played your footy with a bit of that. We, we know that. How highly do you rate that that trait, that, that quality in a teammate and an opposition player? Yeah, it's massive because the blokes with the killer instincts, the ones who just want to go and get the ball in the, in the big occasions. He won't take a backward step. And I think, as we said, that's what we, we saw last night. And I was lucky that I played with a number of guys who had that when the when the big occasion came that they wanted to be there at the, at the forefront rather than sit back. So um, if they can build a few other guys like that around Toby Green, there's no doubt there's going to be more success there in the future. He went back to the hotel and trained by himself. And during that training, he must have slightly hyperextended his knee and then pulled up a bit sore yesterday. And we're hoping he'd be right today, but he hasn't come up. So Callum Moore gets his opportunity, which is uh, which is a great story after coming off the, the pre-season draft. And he's brought a lot of energy to our group, so I'm excited for Cal. That's Carlton coach David Teague with the predicament of, with Harry Mackay being out. That's from Fox Footy a short time ago. Uh, this is crunch time for Cleanaway, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's never miss a goal with McDelivery. There are all manner of issues before us in the football world and we've got the early start coming up, so let's ping them around for 10 minutes. Rapid fire questions for Rapid Tune. They'll keep you moving, rapidtune.com.au. Um... Hodgie, you take the first one. How do you think the AFL is going selling its message that it didn't buckle to Clarko on holding the ball? <laughs> you know where I sit with this one, Jared. Uh, I, I thought last night was as good a game as I've seen with the holding the ball. There's only one that I thought uh, was a bit uh, confusing was the Rioli one, but I thought they were really good last night. Let's just hope they're uh, as consistent as what they were. The other weeks have been a little bit frustrating. So Steve Hawking's resolute that they were only looking to alter genuine attempts. Did you buy that? Oh, I think that might have been his starting point, but it has infected (laughs) prior opportunity. I don't think you can argue against that, Ah, can you? For sure, for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Time to get rid of prior opportunity? No. Leave it in there? You can't get rid of prior opportunity. Just get rid of it as part of the language. Acknowledge the fact that you no. want to give the ball player that beat to get rid of it. Campbell Brown told me yesterday that he had conversations with assistant coaches at clubs who had been instructing their players, now whether this is legit or not, to not pick up the ball, to actually sweat that on the player. Does, and be. you don't want that. No, no, you don't. Look, look, that's the last thing we want in footy. And so, in fairness to that, I know that Campbell Brown does make up a lot of stories. <laughs> so I'm sure that's going to be the truth. <laughs> Nicely done. That's excellent. Will the strategy of this next phase, the condensed figure, determine the fortunes of clubs? Oh, well, it, yeah, the easy answer is yes, I think. To know how they're going to be able to and what sort of injury toll it's going to take and how they manage their way through and how they cope with the... I would, if I was a... 22-year-old player, and Hodgie, are you, but oh, I'd, I'd love this. I'd love this as a challenge. I think this is Christmas. Like, don't have to train. We're going to play more games, less training. 
I'd, I'd find it. I'd find a way of embracing this pretty easily, Hodgie. Not that I've ever known what it's like to play at your level, but um, that's not that difficult to sell, is it? I think what they've been doing, they've really enjoyed. It's pretty much less training, recover, get ready for it. But I know Brisbane have three games in nine days. You've got Geelong have four in 14 and five in 19. Um, so it's, it's going to be physical but also mental strength. There are going to be some blokes who just love it because there's no training, no meetings. But there's also going to be a lot of guys who fatigue and, and will we'll struggle to back up. This is it, Jared. This is it. There's, there's 10 teams divided by a game. And this, this month, July, is what Damien Hardwick famously called Big Boy Month. Well, it's Big Boy Month on steroids at the moment because it's log-jammed and you've got the games coming thick and fast and we've only got a 17-round season. So th- this, this is absolutely it. This is the period, the crossroads moment for so many teams. So if you, Luke, had four games in 13 days in three states and there are four options, one is to arrest a critical mass of players from one chosen game Two is to rest a couple of players every week so you're always incrementally just that little bit weaker. Three is to ride your luck and hope for the best. And four is to manipulate your key players within games so that they limit their running to a degree that they're out on the field but not in their regular roles. Which way would you fancy going? Uh, I'll ride my luck at the start. I'll, I'll just say, boys, go out and play if you can rest them here and there. But I'd be saying, let's go and win as many games as we can if we get to a position where we're a couple games ahead of the other, other clubs and we can rest it then. But we've already seen, if whoever can put the, the score on the board early, look at Port Adelaide sitting on top of the ladder. They can afford to lose one or two. We've got other teams, Gold Coast, West Coast, Giants, that are all bottom part of the eight that need to win. Mm. Option four sounds tasty enough, I reckon. <laughs> As you as you put those four, then can all, you do that though? It's very hard to pick right now. <laughs> yeah, it's really. It's, is. I guess you, you play one game, and it's like, oh, hang, we better change our tactics. But mm. as, as you said, we've got three or four days in between games. There's going to be so many different and, tactics that clubs are going to have to take. And the win loss is going to dictate, isn't it's it? It's ladder coaching. Yeah, it really so, is. Collingwood, it, there's a huge bounty on beating West Coast because then they enter that stretch. The third game of the stretch is Adelaide in Adelaide, so it's an extra flight on a short break. If they were to pick off West Coast and then the first two of the four-game block, I'm not putting any one of any value on yeah. that plane. Yeah. I'll yeah. just take what comes yep. and be ready for the following game against Melbourne because my ladder position is short up. Makes sense to me. But, but would you send them over there? This is where, would you send them over there to guarantee that win? I think Adelaide, everyone else has, has beaten Adelaide. You don't want to lose to them. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. But at, at that stage, if I've won my fir- my three running into it and I want to win the game going out of it, I just take my chances with whatever happens in Adelaide. Because yep. if you, it, the worst result is you're sitting top of the ladder and you've just got seven hamstrings in the fourth in 13 days because you rode <laughs> your luck. Disaster. Then you blow up your whole season oh. unnecessarily. So it's all they're, they're, they're the risk. You, that's the thing is you try and tell some of your players that are feeling good, they're playing well, they're recovering well. You sit this one out just in case. Yeah, no players play, don't like players don't like the just in case. No playing trip for you. Just <laughs> just pretend we're not playing. Don't even turn the telly on. Don't even watch. Just pretend we're not playing. Can I ask you three a question that Bob Murphy posed during the weeks? He's been blown away by the spike in interest as the next wave of games have been released into the into the football ether. Love it. I know what you're going to ask, and I love it. He's now of the view that we will never see a full 22 weeks revealed at the start of the season. We might, we might, this might be. Is it possible that the AFL might go in six week blocks? This is what's coming up next. 
you know, the next wave of games about to be released, stand by. Whenever this is discussed or brought up, the fans, and rightfully so, come forward and say, well, we book our tickets, uh, you know, months in advance. We try to get the cheapest airfare. We book hotels. So you, there would be a big adjustment there for the people who matter most, and that is the supporters. But putting that to one side from a pure football, it's a no-brainer. It is an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. It works at the N- with the NRL. You get the best games, Jared. Yep. At the best time. So in the finals, everyone manages to travel on one week's notice. Yep. But you are actually talking, so if we really want to boil this down, you're talking 800 people who travel, and God bless them, against 1.4 million people who, who want watch. to watch on telly. Yep. I'm going to prioritise the 1.4 million people. And the ratings yep. this year, and there's other factors behind it because we can't go to the games, but it's no coincidence. They're red hot. They're as good as they've ever been. Because on paper, there's been a lot of debate about the state of the game as well, but on paper we're getting the blockbuster games, the, the heavyweight bouts at the right time. People are going to look at... Jared, go, go, Hodgie. Yep. Sorry, I was going to say, Jared, you're going to have a lot of Victorians angry at you because I reckon as soon as the schedule comes out, mm. I get a phone call from 15 of my friends yeah. saying, my team's playing up here in May, June, July. Can we stay at your house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what they do. When it, comes to May, when it comes to May to August, Victorians want to have a holiday, something to look yeah. forward to, to get out of Victoria, go up to Queensland or Perth, just oh. to have some relaxation summertime or warm time in the winter. They'll be fuming. I got nothing to plan for. I didn't realise Chateau Hodge was an accommodation <laughs> option, but I'll consider that. Yeah, we've got a bed and breakfast. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> a little side business, so it's got something to fall back on. People are so conscious of, you know, uh, media domination, cons- you know, digital consumption, clicks, all the rest of it. It's the spike I imagine. Somebody will be able to tell us. Somebody will be able to you know, detail this for us as the next range of matches have been released. It's been crazy. The, the fizz and buzzery. You're right. It's been crazy. It's, a, it's an event in itself when it, it comes is. out. Oh, it's coming out. No, it's been delayed. Oh, it's coming out early. It's coming out now. <laughs> a leak. Or, well, you know, what about this stretch mid-season? So what we usually do mid-season, we hit a malaise. We go to three weeks' worth of buys where this comp loses momentum. What about uh, once we've lived through it? Instead of going that way, you go, do you know what? In July, we're just going to hypercharge it. <laughs> and here's four weeks just to keep playing every night. <laughs> and you get your buys that way. Yeah, you can yeah. integrate your buys into that while playing every night across, say, 26, 27 <laughs> Oh, I'm mad, mate. Everything's <laughs> hypercharged. The whole thing's blown up this year, and who knows what it looks like thereafter. From day one, Jared's wanted games every night. He's finally got his wish. <laughs> hey, Luke, is it time for a sensible conversation around 16 aside to see if there is any benefit for the game? Uh, I've always been a big believer in 18, but if you listen to the players that have their reserve sides have obviously been playing 16. If you, I think uh, Scotty and uh, Scotty and also Danger, I think, said that they reckon it's free flowing, it's more energetic. My, my version that I've only played in a shorter game was AFL X, yes. uh, and I don't, I don't think that's going to be coming Hang back. On, what? But from <laughs> <laughs> <Straight laughs> memory, yeah. Uh, but uh, from, from all reports, the players are really enjoying it. You get a bit of freedom. You look at the stoppage, and there's not ten blokes around the stoppage, um, and then you have got a bit of room if if you want to run up and down the wing because there's no one sitting there. So, look. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried at some stage, considering what the, the feedback has been from the players. Luke, great to have you on Crunch Time. Thanks, guys. Have we'll a good day. Talk on Tuesday morning. And they'll keep you moving with their huge range of services. Book online at rapidtune.com.au. The rapid fire questions. This has been Crunch Time for Beaumont Tires. Exclusive bathroom packages from Beaumont's four grand the lot and identify asbestos risk management. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Services.